everybody. This is Kiana from That Broad's Got Moxie because this is That Broad's Got Moxie and I'm Kiana. Nice to meet you. <laughs> I apologize for my absence last week. I had a lot going on and you know, frankly, it's none of your business. <laughs> so I'm not going to explain myself. <laughs> Anyways, we're just going to move on. We're at this week, and it's May, and May is, of course, Asian and Pacific Islander Heritage Month. Woo! I'm celebrating because I'm Pacific Islander. I'm Micronesian, as I've stated before on the podcast, for those who don't know, I'm Micronesian. And so, this week, I'm going to tell you about another Pacific Islander woman that I think is just the bee's knees. And she is poet and activist Kathy Jetnil Kishner. And she is still alive, so, you know, we can celebrate her in her work and celebrate her as a person, and I'm going to tell you about her. So, I originally came across her work, I believe it was my senior year in high school, when my dad had asked me if I had seen the Islander woman who'd just given a speech in front of the UN. Now, for those who don't know, this is a, was a pretty huge deal, is a pretty huge deal, for a number of reasons, but namely it's because Pacific Islanders don't really have a huge speaking platform in the international community and really in any mainstream media that much. At least at this time, of course, this was pre-Moana, so nobody was really into the whole Islander conscience, state of mind, knew about more islands separate from Hawaii, you know? Makes sense. And I think the most prominent Islander things there were in the world at this time was Lilo and Stitch, which is Hawaiian, and Dwayne the Rock Johnson, who's Samoan. I mean, it really just scratches the surface of what, you know, (laughs) the cultures are and what the people are. So my dad was really hyped that he had heard about this woman giving a speech in front of the UN and was speaking really highly of her and recommended that I look at the speech. And so I did, and I thought it was amazing. And I'll be reading it and explaining her life a little later on, but we'll get to it. When I first heard it, it really stuck with me. And I thought Kathy was a remarkably talented person. And a few days ago, I went to revisit her work because it is the season. And I still feel the same way. Definitely go check out her blog. It's KathyJetnilKishner.com. Anyways, I'm going to be sharing it with y'all. Sharing her story. Sharing some of her poetry. Now, without further ado, Kathy Jitnil Kishner was born on the Marshall Islands, which is an island nation in the Northern Pacific. Her family moved to Hawaii, where she was raised for a large part of her life. She was already writing poetry at a young age, but says that she didn't start taking it seriously until her senior year, when she had two substitute teachers that were spoken word artists. Uh, She once stated, quote, it was the first time that I'd heard that style. For some reason, it just clicked, and I loved it straight away. She then went on to attend Mills College in California, where her style of poetry became more influenced by the Bay Area's social justice scene. And then after this, she went to pursue an MA in the Pacific Island Studies from the University of Hawaii. Kathy started posting her performances online and receiving positive feedback. One day, she got an email that the Parnassus Poetry Festival in London was looking for poets from Micronesia to represent the country at the festival. 
This was a huge deal because the event was one of the lead-up events in London to the Olympic Games and ended up being the largest poetry festival ever held in the UK. So it was a huge deal that she was even considered for it, but then she she says that, quote, she had to push a bit to get onto the program because all the poets there were Nobel Prize winners or well-established poets. So they, they sort of took a gamble on inviting her there, but she did an amazing job. She was recorded at the South Bank Center for London, and she performed a piece called History Project. And History Project talks about the nuclear testing that took place on the Marshallese Islands and Atolls, and the reality of young Marshallese people living in the area where there is a radioactive legacy that has caused serious health problems to the residents there. In the poem, she states, During the period from June 30th, 1946 to August 18th, 1958, the United States conducted 67 nuclear tests in the Marshall Islands, all of which were considered atmospheric. The most powerful of those tests was the Bravo shot, a 15-megaton device detonated on March 1, 1954 at Bikini Atoll. The United States continues to deny responsibility while many more Marshallese continue to die due to cancer and other radiation-related illnesses. So she gave that performance, and it was received well. And after this, Kathy continued to write poetry, raising awareness about the issues faced by Pacific Islanders, including, as we know, the nuclear legacy of living where bombs were tested, militarism, the rising sea levels as a result of climate change, forced migration, and racism in America and in the international community. In 2014, she was one of four people selected from 544 candidates to open the United Nations Climate Summit with a performance of a poem to her daughter. This is the performance that I was talking about in the beginning, and it is the performance that launched her into the international spotlight. The poem she performed was entitled Dear Matefelepinum, and it was written to her six-month-old daughter and detailed the stark reality of living on the islands as climate change destroys them. So I'm going to read a bit of it now, but I really encourage everyone to listen to her perform and also the speech that she gives prior to it because it, she's really an amazing and like powerful speaker, and I think people should be talking about her more. Let's... And she should be celebrated, especially in this month. Anyways, here we go. So I'm, um, okay. <laughs> that was a little tease. I said I was going to do it, but I'm not going to do it. I'm going to ramble more. I'm only going to read, like, the first few stanzas. And it's a three-minute poem. And where I leave off, it really picks up at the end. And it's really just amazing. Anyways, here we go. Dear Matafele Pinam, your seven-month-old sunrise of gummy smiles. You are bald as an egg and bald as the Buddha. You are thighs that thunder and shrieks that are lightning. So excited for bananas, hugs, and our morning walks past the lagoon. Dear Mate Filipinum, I want to tell you about that lagoon, that lucid, sleepy lagoon lounging against the sunrise. Men say that one day that lagoon will devour you. They say it will gnaw at the shoreline, chew at the roots of your breadfruit trees, gulp down rows of your seawalls, and crunch your island's shattered bones. They say that you, 
your daughter, and your granddaughter too, will wander rootless with only a passport to call home. Dear Mate Filipinam, don't cry. Mommy promises you no one will come to devour you. No greedy whale of a company sharking through political seas. No backwater bullying of businesses with broken morals. No blindfolded bureaucracies gonna push this mother ocean over the edge. No one's drowning, baby. No one's moving. No one's losing their homeland. No one's gonna become a climate change refugee. Or should I say, no one else. Okay, <laughs> so that was part of that poem called Dear Mate Filipinam. And it's all I'm going to do. But again, I really encourage you to check it out. Google Kathy's name and UN speech next to it and find the rest. And you have to because it's Asian and Pacific Islander month and it'd be wrong if you didn't. Anyways, after Kathy performed the full poem, she got a standing ovation and some tears actually from world leaders and was just praised. So after the speech in New York, she went home and wrote a follow-up essay to accompany the poem three weeks after her UN speech. And it was called Coming Home to a Climate Reality. And in the essay, she just details the flooding that the island was experiencing when she landed and it was damaging the islands and it was even before flood season was supposed to begin. And it's a direct result of climate change. So to concretely address these issues, Kathy co-founded a nonprofit organization called Joe Jeekum that educates youth on environmental issues. And according to the Nobel Women's Initiative, it also gives islanders the tools they need to respond to climate change by organizing island-wide cleanups, climate change workshops, community movie nights, and other activities. And it also helps families cover the cost of rebuilding homes after climate change-related damage, which is just a great organization. In 2015, she was invited to speak in Paris in front of the UN again, and later on that same year, she was selected by Vogue magazine as one of 13 climate change warriors. In 2017, she was named Impact Hero of the Year by Earth Company, and she published her first series of collected works called Egypt Dal Tok, Poems from a Marshallese Daughter. In 2018, she went on to collaborate with Aka Nivana, a climate change activist poet from Greenland, and together they wrote a poem called Rise from One Island to Another, and I'm also going to be reading some of that. So I'm going to be reading the first two verses, and then I'm going to tell you I just read the first two verses, spoiler alert, and then I'm going to finish with the last verse of the poem. So here I go, poem reading part two. It begins with, and this is supposed to be read in two voices, but there's a video online. You should check it out. I'm only going to read it with one. Sister of ice and snow. I'm coming to you from the land of my ancestors, from atolls, sunken volcanoes, undersea descent of sleeping giants. Sister of ocean and sand, I welcome you to the land of my ancestors, to the land where they sacrifice their lives to make mine possible, to the land of survivors. So that was the first two, so it's clearly them speaking to one another. And then it finishes with this final verse, and it is... 
My sister, from one island to another, I give you these rocks as a reminder that our lives matter more than their power, that life in all forms demands the same respect we all give to money, that these issues affect each and every one of us, none of us is immune, and that each and every one of us has to decide if we will rise. So that was the end of that poem. (laughs) And again, I really think you guys should check it out. Nowadays, Kathy remains an inspiration and continues to write and perform. And her writing performances have been featured on CNN, Democracy Now!, Mother Jones, The Huffington Post, NBC News, National Geographic, Nobel Women's Initiative, and that's just to name a few. (laughs) And that's the end of my episode. (laughs) So that is, that was... Kathy Jitnell Kieschner. Again, I want everybody to have a happy Asian and Pacific Islander month. Go consume products, creations of Asian and Pacific Islander creators. And, you know, just have a nice day. (laughs) And please remember to rate, review, and subscribe wherever you are listening. If you would like to, you can follow us on our social media accounts. We are at that broads got moxie on facebook and instagram and we are at broads got moxie on twitter and also we have a email that you can slide into our inboxes if you want to and that is at that broads got moxie at gmail.com thanks bye music by sage krenning cover art by vinnie navarrete produced and edited by danielle barsanti Side effects of listening to this podcast may include excessive moxie, zero tolerance for the patriarchy, sass mouth, excessive sweating, tipsy tittering, desire to stick into the metaphorical man, fear of cats, empowering women, clammy hands and feet, the inability to do math, lack of patience for the bullshit, thirst for knowledge, questioning the system, cravings for bougie chicken, vodka, and justice, and in some cases can cause death on hills.